Heavenly Father, we pray that we would know your blessing today, that we would see the King all glorious, that we would give our lives to him. And we pray this for his glory. Amen. They say that a week is a long time in politics. And if that's true, then this past month might have felt like many, many years. From the never-ending campaigning through to the EU referendum itself. And we thought that that would finish all talk of politics for a while. How wrong we were. It's only just begun. The Prime Minister has announced his resignation. Nigel Farage has stepped down as leader of UKIP. There's a leadership battle in the Labour Party. And it goes on and on and on. And if politics isn't your thing... Chris Evans has stepped down from Top Gear. The Conservatives are in the process of choosing their new leader and therefore our new Prime Minister. Boris and Michael Gove are out and now the party have to decide between those two ladies that we're probably going to get fed up looking at over the next few weeks. Theresa May and Andrea Leadsom. Both potential leaders will be setting out their vision for the future. What they'll be like as a Prime Minister. What the United Kingdom will be like under their leadership. Their hopes and their dreams. In Psalm 72, and if you turn back uh, to find it and follow along. In Psalm 72, we find the vision of a leader for his people. But this isn't an election manifesto. This isn't him saying, vote for me, here's what you'll get. Rather, it's a prayer as the new king asks God for his help, for his blessing, as he takes on this new role. I wonder how you would respond if God asked you what he should give you. Just take a moment and think about that. If God asked you today what you would like from him, what would it be? I find it hard enough to decide what I want for my birthday or for Christmas without deciding what I would want God to give me. But that was the question that God asked Solomon, the writer of this psalm. In 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon has become king. He has succeeded his father David, the great king. And he realizes, Solomon realizes that he's out of his depth. He feels like a child. He, he doesn't know how to be king. And so the thing he asks God for is an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. He asked for wisdom to rule wisely. And Psalm 72 flows out of that request. 
Look at the very start of this psalm. We're, we're told in the superscript, those tiny capital letters just above verse 1, that this is of Solomon. We're listening in to Solomon praying for Solomon. Not in a selfish, make me great kind of way, but out of a desire to serve God in the place that God has called him to serve as king. I wonder, how do you pray for the work that God has called you to do? Or do you pray? about the work that God has called you to? Or is it a bit like the TV programme, I'm a, whatever it is, get me out of here. I don't want to be here, I don't want to do this. Or do you ask God for his help to do what he has called you to? To find in God the strength that you need to do it. That's what Solomon's doing here. He's he's praying because he knows that he can do nothing else so look at verse 1 give the king your justice O God and your righteousness to the royal son he's saying that he can't do it by himself that he needs God's help he asks for God to give him justice a, a sense of right and wrong of good judgment of wisdom And also God's righteousness. The sense of living out being in relationship with God. Right relationship with God. And that theme of righteousness fills the first section of the psalm. Verses 1 to 4. Judging the people with righteousness. Verse 2. The mountains and hills prospering in righteousness. In verse 3. Acting out that righteousness in defending the cause of the poor, delivering the children of the needy and crushing the oppressor in verse 4. If this is what it looks like to have a righteous king, then it sounds like the place that we all desire. No more miscarriages of justice. No fear or threat of terrorism. No historical abuse inquiry which is finally finished after two and a half years. Dignity for the poor and needy. Perhaps this is the prayer that we need to be praying for our government as well. For whoever the new prime minister will be whether we like her or not. What a wise King Solomon was. He knew what he should pray for and he prayed for it. The just and righteous king will lead to a just and righteous land. But you don't have to go very far in Psalm 72 to realize that while Solomon is praying for himself as king, He himself could never fulfill this picture of kingship. He could never be this just and righteous king. You see, the time span of his reign in verses 5 to 7 just doesn't fit. Look at at it with me, verse 5. 
May they fear you while the sun endures, and as long as the moon throughout all generations. Even though we sing in the national anthem, long may she reign. And even though Queen Elizabeth is the longest reigning and longest living monarch in British history, there will come a day, unless the Lord returns, when she will die. When Prince Charles probably will assume the throne. And Solomon wasn't even around for as long as Queen Elizabeth, despite his prayer for long life. So so how does that work? Or consider the expanse of his prayed-for reign in verses 8 to 11. Dominion from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth, Solomon might have ruled over a large territory, but his rule didn't extend to the whole earth, the whole world. So what do we make of this? Was his initial prayer too ambitious? Did he think too highly of himself? Was it all just wishful thinking? It certainly seems that way when you think of the kings of Israel and Judah. If you've been following the through the Bible reading plan, you'll have seen that the kings are like the roller coaster at Barry's in Port Rouge. They're up and down and all over the place. I don't go on things like that. I don't like them at all. And even Solomon himself is up and down. As First Kings spells out, you see at the start, his justice and his righteousness is plain for all to see. His borders enlarge, his wealth increases, he receives gifts from kings. Even the Queen of Sheba from the south, from, from Africa, comes to visit. It's the picture of the rule of the wise king that Solomon prayed that he would be. But there's a book on my bookcase that Dale Ralph Davis wrote about First Kings which summarises it so well it's called The Wisdom and the Folly it's as if Solomon is on the big roller coaster edging slowly higher and higher and higher and then comes Phew. The big drop. The fall. If we're holding out for a hero. If we're joining with Solomon to pray for a king like this. Then it definitely isn't Solomon. But the prayer is answered. The vision is fulfilled. Solomon's prayer comes to fruition with as we've just sung, great David's greater son, the Lord Jesus. Jesus is the he of all the may he's in the Bible. Sorry, in the psalm. And do you know what? He fulfills each one of them perfectly. Even though earthly leaders promise much, they inevitably disappoint 
whether May or Leadsom ends up being Prime Minister. They'll not do all that they want to do themselves, let alone the expectations of the nation. But Jesus isn't like that. So let's look at Jesus the King and what his kingdom is like from the psalm. He is the righteous king. Verses 1 to 4. He always does what is right. He judges justly without favoritism. He's not swayed by wealth or bought with money. Righteousness is the, the theme of his kingdom. Perfect justice. We need a king like that. He is the forever reigning king. Verses 5 to 7. His kingdom will not come to an end throughout all generations. Till the moon is no more. Or to spell that reigning in a different way. As the psalm puts it, he is the R-A-I-N, reigning king. He comes down like showers. He's like the rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. He gives refreshment. He uh, keeps us going. We can depend on his eternal kingdom because his kingdom never ends. We need a king like that he is the universal king verses 8 to 11 Jesus reigns over all even further than Solomon could have imagined you see in the psalm Solomon names the farthest away places that he knew about the river Euphrates in the east Tarshish in the west Sheba and Seba in the south Jesus is king of the whole world and governments that serve under his gracious rule. We need a king like this. He is the rescuing king. Verses 12 to 14. And each of those verses has a rescuing word. He delivers. He saves. He redeems. This is what Jesus has done for us. He has delivered us in our need. He has saved us in our need. He redeems us from oppression and violence. We had no one else who could help us. He had pity for us. And if this is how our king is then we need to live like him. To work for those who need our help, those who have no one else. 